1990, the internet as we know it was created. An invention of infinite possibilities and unknown potential. There are now over 2 billion websites currently in existence. A wealth of information, functionality, and social media. However, if you dig deeper, there lies more beneath the surface. The strange, bizarre, and dark corners of the net. Welcome to the Weird Wide Web. Welcome back to the Weird Wide Web! Whoa! Episode fucking 10! Party! Episode 10 party! Double digits, motherfuckers! Yeah, we told you we'd get here. We sure did. We sure did. Hopefully, we've actually released episodes by that point. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully this is episode 10. Hopefully, or it'll just live on a hard drive. Whatever. (laughs) But we fucking made it, dude. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink. <laughs> God, didn't put that on the soundboard. Oh, man. We have got one that I'm really excited for, for episode 10. Me too. Get all your Summer of 84 references ready. You better believe it. Because we're talking about a real world serial killer. Well, are we? Yes. Nope. Because it's episode 10, it's time for a takeover! Oh, takeover time! It's a surprise takeover for oh. episode 10. Hey now, here we go. Yale has no idea. This, I'm, look at me, flabbergasted. Look at me in this audio medium, flabbergasted. He is freaking out on the inside, trust me. I, I have anxiety. He is freaking out. That a lovely intro, by the way. Oh my goodness! That these people won't hear. Won't hear unless you want to keep it in. That'd be fun. That would be highly confusing. Um. Yes. So I decided for our double digit episode. Yes. I'd do a little takeover. Oh man, I I'm buckled in. I'm all for it. I'm ready. I'm we'll ready. See. I on the outside I'm cool, but on the inside I'm calm and ready. <laughs> Definitely. This is why we had a couple beers before. <laughs> we should have had hard liquor. <laughs> yeah. There's still there's frosted gin in the freezer, if you call it. Frosted. No, this is this is unbelievably exciting. This is unbelievably exciting. It also makes a lot more sense why you had so many questions about how I was doing the intro <laughs> of what was going to be episode 10. I love it though, dude. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. What do you have in store for me? Yeah, yeah, I did ask a lot of questions, and I was just like, wait, are, you can just edit that out, right? But so now you know why. Yeah. So anyways, for my takeover episode, let me make sure I have everything in front of me now. So I'm centered, as some would say it. Yeah, center um, yourself. So after everything we've talked about, there are a couple things I knew needed to be discussed if we're doing a full podcast on kind of the overall weird wide web, as we call it. So today... On Niall's takeover episode, episode number 10 to celebrate, (laughs) we're going to be talking about something so visceral that it caused states to change laws, people to move across the country, and arguably laid the groundwork for a new genre of online content. Holy shit. We're talking about the 2016 election. Hey! No. I am, of course, talking about Mr. Hands. Mr. fucking Hands. Oh, shit. Yes. Hell yeah. So when I say Mr. Hands, what do you initially think of? Creepy internet people. That, that definitely, that 
sums it up. <laughs> That's a pretty For good job. For some reason, whenever I hear Mr. Hands visually, I don't know why, but visually, my mind always goes to Salad Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I just associate the two together. But this is perfect. I actually, I, I only know surface level about the Hands Man. Yes. So, I mean, I guess hands and fingers would, would go together. Yeah, they're connected. That would make sense. But yes, yeah, so as I dove in, when I was trying to think of like, what can I do for a takeover? How can we have it be long enough? Because yes, as I was saying, very intimidating to write <laughs> a full episode that's got enough stuff in it. So I started looking into this and, and this was always, obviously, knowing me, I'm kind of a little more into that fucked up shit thinking it's very funny. Mm-hmm. So. Actually getting into the behind the scenes, you'll see that it's a lot deeper than you think. Oh, let's dive deep, baby. That's what we're all about, diving deep. Well, as you'll learn, so is Mr. Hands. So, first, when we're talking about Mr. Hands, we're talking about zoophilia. So when I say zoophilia, do you have any idea what it is? Now, I assume that zoophilia is just bestiality in a public place. (laughs) Well, so there are arguments made, though, but zoophilia really refers to, um, and anything like philia, like pedophilia, yeah. things like that, is like, it's about the sexual attraction yeah. to a certain thing. So it is the sexual attraction to animals. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's more of like a, a more medical term for goat fucking. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean... Maybe. Well, zoophilia more refers to the, the entire belief, if you will, behind it. Um, so then... Th- I'm just... just a, don't mean to interrupt you. This is, a, this is a wild topic for you to be wearing a moose t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> it's a real wild topic you to, know the crazy to enter thing is, in. It's actually... It's a rabbit with the moose antlers. Oh, wait. The, uh, jackrabbits. No. Uh, what are they called? They're called something specific, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I forget. Oh, God, not an episode without us not being able to name something. Yeah, But if anything, it's two different species fucking. Yes. Which is basically what we're talking about, except one of the species is human, and the other one tends to be a horse. (laughs) Mr. Ed, look away. (laughs) Yeah. So this was kind of crazy to dive into, but when looking up information on zoophilia, it's a pretty troubling process, if you can't imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that issue yeah of researching stuff and man questionable what you what you find oh of course so other than like a couple of dictionary and kind of wikipedia articles um you're kind of immediately inundated with a bunch of like porn searches (laughs) um i would assume yeah so however when you're reading through the actual terminology and the origins there's a few important distinctions that can be made so it seems across the board, including zoophiles, who are the actual people, also uh, who like to affectionately call themselves zoos, zoos, for short. Confusing. Yes. Very confusing. Oh, very. You don't want to go to the wrong zoo party, because it can be weird. I love zoos. <laughs> we don't say that here. No, 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 no thank no. you. No, 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 no. So really, there's a distinction between zoophiles themselves uh, and then psychology and sociology academics. The distinction that's made between zoophilia and bestiality is really the key part here. So although the two are commonly used interchangeably, there is a big difference. 
Zoophilia refers to the attraction a human has to a non-human animal. Now, bestiality is specifically referring to the sexual act itself with an animal. Gotcha. I'm interested, are furries technically zoophiles? I would argue no, because... It's like a very specific type of animal. They're like super cartoony. Yeah, but they, are they attracted to the animal because like they're, oh, wait, they're having by, sex with the people? Yeah, I think by, by your def- definition, I don't think they would be because they're also into the idea of them believing they're the animal too. So it's tech, I guess, theoretically, it's not two species because they, mm-hmm. they want to be, they're, they don't want to be a human fucking a, a wolf. They want to be a wolf fucking a wolf. It's always wolves. Get original. There's too many wolves in the furry community. I've, I'll say it. I'll say it. No one else wants to step up and say Nobody it. Nobody wants to step up. Get a little say. diversity. I like it. Be a horse. <laughs> be a horse. That's something we're going to see throughout this. For some reason, horses. Anyways, the, the interesting argument actually is where some people who identify as zoophiles or zoos discuss their attraction as more romantic than sexual. So they may care for animals and give them extra attention or even dedicate their lives to them without the need for sexual gratification. So there are some zoophiles who, who, in a sense, would marry an animal, but not go as far as to have sex with it. So they're not committing bestiality. They just feel so attached to this animal um, that, that they meet it on a romantic level that they can't find in a human. It's huh. kind of sweet to a point. A little bit. Almost. Yeah, but however, for the most part, it, fe- it appears zoophilia is directly connected to acts of bestiality and vice versa. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to avoid it. It's, yeah, it's pretty common. Throughout this whole process of like looking this up, one of the best sources that I actually have for diving into the zoophilia world, and then of course the Mr. Hand story that we will get into, was a documentary that came out in 2007 called Zoo. Again, man, super confusing. <laughs> Yeah, super confusing. You go into your Netflix looking for We Bought a Zoo and <laughs> you end up with an hour and a half of somebody talking about bestiality. This isn't Matt Damon. <laughs> Talk about downsizing, right? Hey, hey. Wow. <laughs> Other Matt Damon flicks. I can go all day. Oh, you don't want to be goodwill hunting these horses, right? I mean, if you fuck a horse, you'd certainly be be a Martian in society. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thor cameo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. But anyway, so this documentary zoo, wild, pretty, pretty cool. So it actually debuted at Sundance in 2007. Not only that, it was actually selected to be shown at the director's Fortnite sidebar at the 2007 Seven Can Film Festival. Fortnite. Fortnite. Dab. 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 Ninja. I'm not seeing enough movement. <laughs> oh my God. That was so bad. <laughs> but yeah, so this documentary actually went to Can and like had some praise around it. But it's wild. So uh, one of the coolest things I took from the overall thing was the filmmaker Charles Mediti. His one line, which kind of brings up the whole topic of zoophilia and bestiality and the differences. The only intimacy that separates the proud horse owner from the perverse horse fucker is the act of sex. Yeah, technically. I'll give, I mean, I'll give him that. He's not wrong. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And we'll just set that up right now. So why don't we dive into zoos, as we'll 
affectionately call them, and how they kind of meet each other. So like we've discussed on previous episodes, the question always surrounds how do these people find each other, and how do they connect on such obscure commonalities? The internet, of course. That's where everything happens. So in the late 80s and early 90s, early internet forums took shape in the form of news groups. In 1990, the news group was in the top 1% of news group, news group interest. It reputedly started in humor along with personal bulletin boards, which helped draw interaction and popularity. The bestiality forum was in the top 1%? Yeah. What the fuck? Imagine people getting together like in the early 90s, first time getting on the internet, and this forum is in the top 1% for bestiality. 1%? So- it's insane. Dude, this might... <laughs> that's so That's so many people. Dude, this whole podcast might change you, and like you're going to be looking at everyone and be like, oh, this one of you fucks animals. It seems like it's a lot more popular than you might think. That is surprising, yeah. to say the least. That's insane. But so, as it reached more people, the alt.sex.bestiality forum quickly drew together more zoophiles. So some of them would create connected personal websites and forums for the group. So by 1996, the newsgroup alt.sex.bestiality had completely matured into a discussion and support group for zoos. It now included information about health issues, community events, and laws governing zoophilia. (laughs) It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Safety tips. And that's something we'll definitely see. The idea about, like... Well, you got a lot of hooves to deal with. <laughs> you need your safety tips. What kind of protection are you bringing in? You know, your, your condoms and your helmet and your elbow pads. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of crazy how these forums start. And then you can see it growing popularity from some people. Like, us would see it and be like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. And then it slowly grows into, the, oh, people are, like, legitimately having... Uh, basically a how to have sex with a horse yeah if you, i'm not saying i'm into it but you do wonder how you would do it they're tall yeah is there step ladders involved what kind of horse just stands there i guess it's it's in a pen anyways oh now i'm going on a tangent <laughs> oh no i love it because we can get into it <laughs> but first maybe let's discuss mr hands himself the myth the legend. Yes. Uh, Mr. I mean, the, the Mr. Hands story, it, it's one of those internet stories that I put up of like my, like our nostalgia growing up. You had like Mr. Hands, you had two girls, one cup, BME Pain Olympics, like these infamous fucking things that existed on the internet. Yeah. These l- legends. Like the, it, that's why I argue basically it started the whole like shock viral video yeah the at the forefront of it yeah so we can get into that but actually so uh, great you mentioned those because this happened back in 2005 now mr hands is what it's commonly referred to because that's the name of the the guy or his persona that he took on who's in the video but it's also known as two guys one horse so that actually happened before Two Girls, One Cup. That's how Two Girls, One Cup got its name. It was copying Two Guys, One Horse. So it was riding on that like viral, 
craze about these crazy shock videos. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. What a takeover we have on our hands here. <laughs> so yeah, let's discuss how did Mr. Hands first come to find these forums and groups. So I'll refer to him by Mr. Hands uh, the majority of the time, and out of respect, um, and also it's just more fun to say. But it is important to recognize his name because that does give us a lot of the information to discover why he might have done these things. So media outlets initially withheld his name, but his name was later revealed on national radio by talk show host Tom Likas in the summer of 2005. Tom Likas is an interesting guy that we could even dive into further. He was like a shock jock that constantly was a whistleblower. He's the one who released the name of like Kobe Bryant's uh, accuser during the, the rape uh, accusations. Um, he did it with like multiple other ones and then for like victims like this. So he's the one who publicly went on national radio and did it because none of the media outlets wanted to do it out of respect. Yeah, guy kind of sounds like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was the other guy? Uh, I was trying to think of this and I couldn't remember his name. The other shock jock who got canceled for talking about the Rutgers women's basketball team. Oh, I don't remember. I could tell you more that might jog your memory but i don't want to say what he said yeah no i i remember the story as to what like what he said and the comments he said about them Mm -hmm. but i can't actually remember his name which hindsight i think is a good thing yeah because fuck that guy yeah fuck these guys you're on radio anyways nerds who's listening to people just talking to microphones and not watching them you know uh oh uh Anyways, you were saying about Shock Boy? Oh, yeah. So, no, so that's the guy who gave us his name. So we'll acknowledge it, but just because it gives us a, a bunch of information. So the name of the guy who, who's known as Mr. Hands is Kenneth Pinion. So a little background to dive into him, and you might be wondering why was he in this infamous horse-fucking video. So he was actually a really intellectual guy. He had a family, a great job, but then... Several things happened to him that would push anyone into a crisis. So he got a divorce. And then most interestingly, and I think this really dives into some of the reasons, is he subsequently was in a serious motorcycle accident. So the accident left him with a severe neural damage that affected his sense of touch. So this also affected his sexual sensations, where he was left to explore more extreme means. So eventually he couldn't feel anything. So he explored things like fisting and dildos to sense anything uh, of sexual gratification. It's fucking crazy what the brain could do, right? My partner, Amalia, was actually, we were talking about this recently. The reason that so many people have like foot fetishes is because the center of your brain that like recognizes body parts and feet or something like that is so close to your sexual center. That like sometimes those basically, wires get crossed. So basically your brain's playing footsies? Your brain is playing footsies with itself. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happens? That's what happens. And that's why people are into feet. You want me to take off my socks for you or? No, we got to finish the podcast first. Okay, let's dive back in then. Yeah, one of the other things, he was also building a rural house in Washington with a barn. Um, so he was constructing the barn for a horse. So that is all factual. We know this. And then given some of these facts... It's difficult to figure out if he was a true zoophile or just desperately experimenting after his accident. But as Bess said in a Vice article on the 10-year anniversary of this event, 
Zoophilia is not a cohesive thing. There's a main road to it, but there are lots of other alleys. And I think that's just a great point of going back to the original idea of is this sexual for animals? What's going on? But like he clearly had this traumatic thing. He was experimenting, but there is the fact he was building a barn for horses. Clearly, if you're going to care for a horse that well, you had to have some likeness to it. But, but it's interesting, how does one get into being a zoo? So one of the great arguments that I have for you is, uh, and, and this was brought up also by Charles Mediti, the filmmaker, are these people, not to group them all, but the majority, are they actual into bestiality and animals? Because horses are, without a doubt, the most popular animal with zoophilia. So are they actually into zoophilia, or is it more about just big dicks? Because it could just be a fascination, like why horses, just big dicks. And this has been a conversation about maybe it's just, and, and as we can see with this guy, he was experimenting with like fisting, large dildos, things like that. I don't know. What's your take? How do you feel about big dicks and, and animals? And animals? Um, they got them. <laughs> no, it, yeah. It is a. I, I'm glad you you brought that up because that was one of my questions. Is I feel like when you think bestiality and stuff like that, there's two common stereotypes in my mind: horses and sheep. But I think sheep is more just like sheep fucker kind of thing. Like when you actually think about somebody getting caught or you seeing a news article about it, it's horses. It's always horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got to be the size, right? I think it's the size. I think it's I think it's the dick. I think they're going in for the dick. Cuz if you were just I think they're going in for the dick because if you're just thinking about like if it's animal, like if you're if you're turned on by horse, then you're going to be a furry. That's true. You play with the mane a little bit. You play with the mane a little bit, but if you're just going to get just absolutely split open, you're you're going to go with a horse. Well, I'm glad as a great transition. Let's talk about how this eventually happened to Mr. Hans. Oh, and I just wanted to clarify. So he was building a stable for his horse? Yes. This is his horse. So he, he did not own a horse. Oh. He was uh, building a, like a residence, and he was building a barn next to his residence. So it wasn't like a, I wouldn't call it a farm. I don't know what constitutes a farm, like having a stable on it. I don't know. Yeah. But he was building a barn for a horse that he wanted to get. He gotcha. didn't have one yet. Gotcha. Yeah. He was getting ready. Yes. It was like when I was a little kid and I really wanted a hamster and I bought the little aquarium and I bought all the bedding and I bought all the toys and I bought the water bottle and stuff like that. And then I never got a hamster. Yeah, probably smart because if your parents were like, he's going to put a hamster in an aquarium... We should probably save this fucking thing. You can thing. put a hamster in an aquarium. You just don't put water in it. I'm pretty sure aqua rium means water. Yeah, but you don't have to Rium. put the water in, in it. It could just be a glass box. So then what is it? A fucking cage? No, I didn't buy the cage. I bought the aquarium. <laughs> My neighbor's goldfish died and I got this aquarium for a sweet deal. <laughs> put a hamster in it now, mom. <laughs> Yeah, never bought the hamster. Literally bought everything else. I think I even owned books on raising a hamster. <laughs> you, know, you would. Yeah, of course. You know, got to get a book on everything. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking expected moms are reading books and 
eight-year-old Yale is like, a hamster needs to be fed twice a day. Oh, mom, look at this. Let's put him underwater. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to put water in an aquarium just because it's made for water. You're insane. All right. Well, let's discuss how Mr. Hands got into this group, got introduced to some people, and eventually made the Mr. Hands video. Through the online forums, um, Mr. Hands was introduced to a man, James Michael Tate. Tate was a truck driver, and he owned a house with a small stable. Tate was the ringleader for the local zoo group in Washington. He's described as a great organizer who really went out of his way to cultivate a community. He was very selective of who could join and who he trusted to take part in their events. Tate and Mr. Hands spoke on the phone several times. He was then invited out for drinks, like Tate did for most curious people that he met through the forum. Tate liked his personality, which meant that Mr. Hands was in. He was invited back to Tate's small farm and continued to be invited to the group gatherings. So they had parties in his farm with upwards of 15 zoos, and what they would do is typical party shit. They'd drink beer, watch movies, play games. Period. Period? Yes. Not a single horse fucked. Surprisingly. So oftentimes it was a pretty normal party. The sexual acts typically occurred with smaller groups of trusted members. Because it's fucking illegal? (laughs) Is that why? Uh, We'll see, yeah. So basically Tate, as a cultivator of this online and in-person community, during these more intimate, smaller gatherings of fucking animals... He would record and upload these videos for fellow zoos around the world who couldn't practice on their own. Now, one of the most interesting things is when they talk about all the people that they come in contact with through these forums all over the world. He mentioned, like, obviously just the specific local people in the Washington area. Then uh, they mentioned, like, all across the world, Germany, Poland, several people who were deployed in Iraq that were, like, actively members in the forum. So it's this large group spanning a bunch of people and obviously a bunch of different kind of communities. It, it, there's really no whatever word I'm trying to think of. There, like there's discrimination. no discrimination. Oh, there we go. I was going to say there's no like regionality to it either. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it went everywhere. But um, yeah, there's really no discrimination against different what your status is, where you work. As we'll see, like people can have great jobs and, and just be a part of this community. Yeah. Whether you trade stocks or work retail, you could still fuck a horse. That's true. Mr. Hands was clearly a trusted member, but Tate also was unaware of his real name for about a year. Another reason why he's so commonly referred to as Mr. Hands is that's how he went in the group. Like the the ringleader, what you would call, I don't know if you'd call it a mentor or not, but uh, the person who took him under his wing, who was kind of leading this whole group, didn't even know his real name until a year in to all of the the fun they were having, if you want to put it that way. So the community was really built on trust. Tate was careful enough to meet people in person before inviting them into the group and eventually back to his place. So you could go into the forum, kind of, I don't know, you could play around. Of course, you'd see like people would come into forums and, and fuck around like they used to. But then if they wanted to meet up, he would always go out to drink, be very normal, like casual guy. He was just some truck driver. And then he would feel them out, and then, well, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> no, they're not into that. No, but then, yeah, they would just go back and, like, get drunk and have parties, and then 
eventually, if they were comfortable enough, they'd do smaller groups and, and go into the full bean zoophilia. Let's talk about the fateful night of the Mr. Hands video. So on that night, Tate, Mr. Hands, and an unknown third man started at Tate's farm. Like normal, drinking, hanging out, and then it was time to mess around. As it's shown, actually, in like the police record, apparently they started at Tate's residence, and Tate owned a, a horse himself that was in the stable. But in quotes, apparently that night, uh, Tate's horse wasn't particularly receptive. Gotcha. Which is something they've mentioned that you might think, like, okay, how do you get a horse to, like, fuck a guy? Yeah. So there's a couple of things they actually used to do. Uh-huh. There's a pheromone. Tips and tricks, you would say. Yeah, tips and tricks. There's, like, a pheromone that is produced by female horses, mm-hmm. uh, and they can kind of artificially create it. And this is when they use it for, like... For, like, breeding and stuff, yeah. I'm sure, right? Yeah, exactly. So they used to, like, use that sometimes on themselves. Also, sometimes, like, they would just have the horse up and sometimes like it would go for it or not so it really was like a hit or miss there were ways they could try and entice the horse but otherwise there were nights that they just had to uh get creative oh i hate that oh i hate that yeah well that's what they had to do on this specific night since tate's horse uh wasn't being cooperative it led them to sneak onto his neighbor's farm which is something they had done before mr hands and tate frequented the 39-acre farm next to Tate's residence, and it's known as the Southeast 444 Farm. So that's the name of the farm. Very hard to figure that out, but that's where they snuck on. Uh, It had larger stables with a bunch of horses, um, and they used to go there and record kind of the different sex acts they would do with the horses. So they get drunk and then stumble into the stables, record their videos, and perform their acts. So in the early morning hours of July 2nd, 2005, the three men snuck into the stable of an Arabian stallion that was known as Big Dick. Wait, like, like the horse owner called him Big Dick? Yeah. Or in the forum? All of them. All of them. Everyone, Everyone yeah, like... Talk of the town. <laughs> Prince, of, <laughs> Prince of Arabia. <laughs> Prince Big of Dick. Arabia, Big Dick. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how the horse is referred to. Like, even in the police reports, the, like, record, it, it's literally... <laughs> Name yeah, because you know dick. that police officer was like, you said they call him Big Dick? Yeah. We're, okay. I'll put that Big down. Big Dick. <laughs> I'll do the paperwork for this one. Yeah. So the now infamous video, I could show you it. No. That's okay. <laughs> I can, I, I'm good. All right. We'll just, I'm okay. I'll do a brief description. I, we're not going to get too graphic here, so don't worry about it. The video shows Mr. Hands pantsless in front of the horse. Then you see the horse get up on its hind legs, fully erect, and Tate can be seen in the video as well, guiding the stallion. Other than the sheer shock of viewing this unnatural act where one puzzle piece appears way too big to fit in the board, the video and the horse lasts less than 30 seconds. So Mr. Hands is left standing bent over in the same position as the beginning of the video. So it's a very quick video that went viral, obviously pretty fucking crazy to see. I remember being little, and I feel like this is common with all of those viral videos, that the rumors start spreading where like people were like, oh, like uh, his intestines came out, uh, like he fucking split in half, like, and all this shit happens. I, I don't know if that was the same for you. Like, I just remember oh, yeah. all these rumors. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, like, the sum 
of all of its intrigue is far greater than what you actually find when you get down to it. Yeah, in reality, it's like a 21-second video that's obviously crazy, but like it's a grainy shot video in a dark stable. Yeah, because this is 2005, right? Yeah, 2005. And you know they're not sneaking around with the best equipment. No, but that's what I was thinking too, is like there was equipment. Because our 2005, I mean, we're... I'm trying to think like 2005, what kind of cell phone technology are we dealing with? I'm sure there Not were cameras, great. but I'm trying to think. No, they would have been grainy as shit. Grainy as shit. So it would have been recorded on a legit camera. There was, yeah, it was at least like a DV cam with the like the tiny tapes mm-hmm. or some kind of early digital camera. So there was intent, which also means that there's more of these videos. Oh, let's get into that. First, we'll go through kind of the rest of the night, what happened. So after this video was recorded, they went back to Tate's residence. And throughout the night, Mr. Hans continued to experience intense pain in his abdomen. Tate suggested he go to the emergency room, but Mr. Hans was extremely hesitant, even though he knew something was terribly wrong. The reason why, he was actually an engineer at Boeing, the high-profile aerospace company. Tate was? No. Mr. Hands. Mr. Hands was? Yes. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He knew he was injured, but he didn't want anything to get out to his employer and ruin his reputation. Yeah, you're not explaining that away, are you? No. No, there's no, there's no spin Mm-mm. on that one. No PR spin you can uh, flip that bad boy with. No way. So eventually the pain became too much to bear and Tate drove Mr. Hands to the ER. He dropped him off in his truck. <laughs> Why didn't he take him to the vet? <laughs> Vet, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> I'm going to give you a tranquilizer and you'll be set to go. <laughs> give you some fucking dewormers. <laughs> Ivermectin. <laughs> Tate drove Mr. Hans to the ER in his truck, dropped him off, and drove away before anyone could get any information. So again, this goes to the secrecy of the group. Mr. Hans was pronounced dead in the ER room at the age of 45. The medical examiner's office determined that his cause of death was acute peritonitis due to a perforated colon. Big dick living up to his name. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can say that. Fuck, man. I didn't know he died from that. Like, actually, that was definitely one of the rumors, for rumor, sure. Yeah. For sure, one of the rumors that he fucking died from it. But I didn't know he actually died from that. Yeah. Yeah, one of the rumors I, I always remember for some reason is that, like, oh, his intestines came out and he died, like, on the spot. Yeah. But no, it was like, he got severely injured and later died. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. The only way they ended up finding Tate and any of this information, so they used Mr. Hand's license that he had on him in his wallet. And then they used the hospital surveillance cameras where police officers were able to track down Tate's truck. So they logged the license plate and eventually tracked it back to his residence. And then that's how they were able to find the exact farm that it happened at. So basically they needed to see kind of the crime scene. They were able to deduce all this like through detective work of Mm -hmm. looking at 2005 surveillance cameras. <laughs> this tastes like horse. horse go. <laughs> so they were able to track him down, see uh, where they were trespassing. But due to legal ambiguity, the case was not as clear cut as Mr. Hans Colon. <laughs> oh, the, the proud smile that is on your face right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it to you. Thank you, thank you. So the prosecutor's office wanted to charge Tate with animal abuse, and as you said, 
when they searched his home, they found over a hundred videotapes and DVDs that were of people performing sexual acts with animals, including the video of Mr. Hands. Over a hundred. Both DVDs and VHS. Damn. New age. He definitely had one of the converters with like both. Yeah. <laughs> Which gotta... one do you, you guys want to watch an old one or a new one? <laughs> I got both. I just like there's something about the grain of the VHS that just does it for me. I don't like that new age DVD. You hear about this HD DVD? I think it's the future. Oh. But so now I want to kind of go back to, after everything I've told you, a little spinoff segment called Yale's Back on the Jury. Oh! This will be a quick one, just like your time with the van. Yeah, it was uh, three days. So from what you've heard so far, yes. would you find Tate guilty of animal abuse? Yes. What's your reason? Because... Because they had to use many different methods to get the animal into it. I think if I think it's far more gray if they stumbled their way onto their neighbor's farm and the horse just fucked him because he was into it and like presented. But the fact that they're using pheromones, they've got a guide, they got a fluffer, they got a videographer, like I think that leads me far more to animal abuse than just like happenstance or whatever yeah that is a good point i don't think i thought about that honestly that they're they're basically coercing the animal into it yeah they're they're facilitating the situation it's it's not like yeah they're they're fabricating it well let's see what actually happened in the case this case was uh colloquially named the enumclaw horse sex case even though it took place in an unincorporated area in King County, five miles north of Enumclaw. Now, this is a fact that would guide this case and change Washington law forever. Even though it's a little more complicated, basically unincorporated land is an area too remote or sparsely populated within a county. Therefore, they fall under the state or county's authority and only answer to those laws. This doesn't stop cities or towns from having greater control to penalize such acts through local ordinances, but since the farm was on unincorporated land, the laws, or lack thereof, govern this case. So in 1974, the Washington state government revised a section of their code that stated, Every person who shall carnally know in any manner any animal or bird or who shall carnally know any male or female person by the anus or with the mouth or tongue, or who shall voluntarily submit to such knowledge, or who shall attempt sexual intercourse with a dead body, shall be guilty of sodomy. You said bird? <laughs> they they <laughs> made a distinction distinctly in the law bird? between animal and bird. Hey, you gotta signify the bird. <laughs> what was in those hundred or something VHSs and DVDs that they gotta say, Bird specifically. Well, I don't know. Well, this was back in 1974. So this is the law that was in place that governed this case. Okay. Or the, was the, the current law? This was the law in 1974. Like the current law at that time that was established? No. Okay. I'm so confused. Okay. So that was the law in 1974. That like That's when it was presented and put basically made sodomy illegal in Washington. Gotcha. I'm back. I'm back. Perfect. The antiquated religious connections of early government grouped people getting blowjobs, fucking dead bodies, and fucking animals, or birds, together in the same law. When Washington officials realized the cultural change and hypocritical nature of having oral and anal be illegal, 
they decided to do away with the entire law, in effect making all the other acts, including bestiality, legal under Washington state law. Oh, fuck. Oh, they fucked up. Oh, they fucked up so hard. Yup. Oh, and he got fucked so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's getting fucked in Washington. Holy shit. Especially when Harry met Sally. So the prosecutor's only evidence of a statutory crime against Tate was his trespassing on his neighbor's farm. Tate ultimately pled guilty by Alford plea to criminal trespassing in the first degree. He received a suspended one-year sentence, $300 fine, and one day of community service. So with a slap on the wrist and horse dick in the ass, do you think Tate learned his lesson? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. God, no. No, of course he didn't. God fucking no. So after the case, Tate moved to Maury County, Tennessee, another state with no laws about bestiality. He went to live on none other than a farm that housed pigs, dogs, goats, and of course, horses. Are you going to say birds? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he changed to birds. So on October 15th, two days after a female associate of Tate's was arrested for animal cruelty, an anonymous person emailed investigators a photo of a man having sex with a Shetland pony. Tate was arrested later that same day, charged with three counts of felony animal cruelty. And according to Tate's arrest warrant, he had been engaging in sex sex acts with a stud horse over a span of several months. In January 2010, Tate pleaded guilty to engaging in sexual acts with animals and was placed on probation. I mean, if you're going to fuck a horse, you may as well fuck a stud. Yeah, come on. He's a Shetland pony. (laughs) So, after the popularity of Two Guys, One Horse online and the media coverage across the country, Washington State Senator Pam Roach introduced Senate Bill 6417 to ban both sex with animals and the videotaping of the same. It was passed on February 11, 2006. The vote record literally says there were 36 yays and zero nays. Which I'm just so happy about that they had to say that, and it's on the record. Nay. So actually, 13 senators excused themselves from the vote because they didn't want to go on record about the matter. Yeah. Oh, they didn't want to speak up against the fact that they don't want people fucking horses? They didn't want their name anywhere close associated with like an act that talked about bestiality. I mean, I guess, but that's like a, that's like a knock, it, knock out of the park kind of like, yeah, I voted against bestiality. Well, we'll see. Basically, what everyone wants to do after these cases is cover up and pretend it never happened. Interesting. After this uh, bill was passed, now bestiality is a Class C felony punishable by up to five years in prison under Washington law, where before there was absolutely nothing and Tate got away with a $300 fine and one day of community service. That's insane. So the moving punishments and use of legal loopholes was more than just a game of chess for the Zeus. They just wanted to live silently within their groups, left to their own devices. They despised the media attention that came with these cases that likened them to pedophiles or similar sexual criminals. I mean, guys, you gotta just look at what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, I got railed by a horse, but I didn't fuck a kid. (laughs) It doesn't look great. You're not looking, you're not coming out of this looking great. No. Definitely not. Now, one thing that seems common across these cases is that all people involved are quick to cover up and wash all the records. Enumclaw, which is where 
the act happened right outside of in Washington, itself has little record of the incident. So they even removed the farm sign, the Southeast 44 farm. And actually, the only reason I was able to find it is through one article that's still online that discusses the initial charges of the case. Damn. So it was like the day after the charges were announced, it's one article. Otherwise, it was impossible to find the, the name of the farm. There's no sign. You can find it on Zillow. I looked it up on Zillow. It's like a $1.2 million farm now. Is it for sale or you just found, it just has the price listed? We don't have to discuss that. Okay. Did I put an offer? I don't know. I mean, you should. I could just sneak onto it. That's true. 300 bucks? Yeah, 300 bucks. It's like it. a fancy Airbnb. <laughs> okay, so today, there are still active zoos practicing in areas of unincorporated land in states without bestiality laws. So the increased reach of the internet has helped zoos find those areas to continue practicing what they love. And this goes back to those tips and tricks that were in the forums, is where they were actually really smart. And you can kind of see that across the group, is that they knew exactly what the laws were so that they could skate around it. One of the guys mentioned in the documentary says that he was offered money to like record these acts and, and sell the videos, but they never did that. They just shared them freely because if money was introduced, then it was prostitution. And that spans uh, oh. across any type of sexual act with anything. Interesting. Which is crazy. They're, they're like really smart about this whole process for just fucking horses. Also, one thing I thought about is that another reason that it's probably easier is that like horses can't talk. <laughs> yeah. That Mr. Ed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But actually, the saddest part of this whole story is that the death of Mr. Hands wasn't a wake up call or a devastating moment for any of the zoos like Tate. The thing that was devastating to them is that they lost a place to go and their community was uprooted, which is all they really seemed to care about. Oh, sorry for the media attention, boys. Fuck you. I gotta move. Can't sneak onto my neighbor's farm anymore. But as we've seen, it's crazy to think how common zoophilia may be. So one of the things I found in an article was on the Alan Combs show on Fox Radio, the host asked a well-known radical anti-abortionist, Neil Horsley, it's his actual name. Stop. I swear to God. That's a joke. No, fuck you. His name's not Neil Horsley. It's literally Neil Horsley. Fuck. I can't make this up. Right. But they asked whether it was true he had sex with animals in the past. He replied, absolutely. I was a fool. When you grow up on a farm in Georgia, your first girlfriend is a mule. Then he went on, if that surprises some people, welcome to d domestic life on the farm. You experiment with anything that moves when you're growing up sexually. Nope, not an excuse. I'm, I, I'm going to take that away. That's no, you can't just be, oh, you know, that's how things were. It, this isn't the fucking 1800s or the 1400s or the 1500s or 2005. <laughs> a mule? Like the thing that Pinocchio turned into? Is that what he turned into? Yeah, he turned, uh, or a donkey, I guess. What's the difference between a donkey and a mule? Uh -huh. Dick size? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Should ask a zoo. Yeah. The insane idea of, of zoophilia, this whole horse fucking Mr. Hands. And now actually, maybe for the first time on this podcast where we've discussed something, this hits home a little closer for us. How close? <laughs> Are you worried what I'm you about know? to come out as what a zoo? What do you zoo? know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that shirt off. Shit. Do you remember when we were juniors in high school? There was a pretty popular case in our town where we went to high school about a, a kid from our rival school 
that got caught fucking a horse. I remember like the gossip around the house. I didn't think it was real though. Oh, it was. So back in our junior year, and this was like the height of us being assholes and the rivalry between us and, and Goshen, we were found out about it. It happened in December. Of course, at like basketball games, they were like shooting free throws. We're like <laughs> doing shit like that, like trying to throw them off. And this was great. But yeah, so I actually looked up and let's discuss that case. Oh, Jesus. It'll be a quick one. So the guy's name was Eric Rivera. The media nicknamed him the horse romancer. Even better, this is an actual quote from the chief of police, James Watt, Goshen. This guy makes Michael Vick look like a charter member of PETA. What? That was an actual quote the chief of police said about this guy. That's a fucking wild claim. Yeah. So at least a dozen times starting in July 2009... The 18-year-old crept from his room at the Goshen Inn overlooking the Goshen Historic Track and had his way with the stabled horses. Village of Goshen police have concluded after a six-month-long stint. It was happening for six months. Oh, this isn't a one-and-done type deal, are we? And do you want to know how these people found out? Horsemen at the stable, which is how they're referred to as horsemen. Horsemen? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't, couldn't think of any better term for them I than horsemen? Horsemen. Yeah. They became suspicious beginning in July when they found the fillies, who are the female horses, bridled and immobilized in their stalls during morning checks. So the dude was tying up horses in the middle of the night, and then people were coming in like, wait, what the fuck happened? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I love this podcast. Uh. <laughs> so Rivera's adventures ended on December 17th, 2009, when police charged him with a felony burglary count and two misdemeanors sexual misconduct with an animal, and pettit larceny. Police said Rivera admitted he had intercourse a dozen times with four horses stabled at the landmark racetrack. He didn't break in, but Rivera didn't have permission to be in the building, and he intended to commit a crime, which was the sexual misconduct. So this made him a burglar in the eyes of the law. See, this is where I disagree with the dude before, uh, what is his name, like Tony Horsefeeler? That, like, it's not just a fucking farm thing. This guy wasn't on a farm. He was just by a staple. Yeah, but very interesting again. So he could be charged with burglary because he was on property. He wasn't supposed to be yeah. trespassing, intending to commit a crime. So, you know, like robbery and burglary are technically different things. Gotcha. So this is why they could get him. I on mean, it is robbery. Account. He stole their innocence. <laughs> or did they steal his? No, I think he stole his. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make a hard hard call on that one i won't disagree with that throughout the trial it was actually discovered too that he may have had a previous conviction in puerto rico it's not clear on on what the conviction was uh -huh. but i'd like to think it was similar yeah give him the benefit of the doubt you know so this case actually sparked outrage among animal lovers nationwide who sent cut cut and paste emails urging that the judge impose a harsh sentence but the stiffest charge allowable in New York for sex with an animal <laughs> is sexual misconduct. And that's only a misdemeanor. What? Yeah. Come on. A misdemeanor? Yeah. So prosecutors insisted he pled to the more serious burglary charge, which was a felony. What ended up happening? He pleaded guilty to the third degree burglary and was granted youthful offender treatment. What that does is seals the court record forever. Apparently not. 
Well, we know we don't know any of the specific information other than like the allegations Fair. in the okay. initial police report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens across all these cases, which is fucking crazy, is that everyone is so quick. Yeah, it's to sealed be like, again. Seal this shit. No one fucking talk about it. Enum Claw is like, we don't want anything to do with Mr. Hands. Goshen was like, dude, seal this court. You'll go to probation and then live with your sister in the city, which is what ended up happening to this guy. And it just seems like, I don't know if it's everyone just wants to move on or they know the laws aren't strong enough in the first place that they can't like rightfully punish this person. So they're just like, let's move on, try and fix the laws and move past it. I think, I think that I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and the fact that like the laws set in place just don't allow them to punish to the degree that they would like to so it would look like a bullshit you know he gets a misdemeanor because he fucked a horse like that sucks that doesn't look like punishment at all so i get i'll give them that i think but still and fucking make the law worse <laughs> I, like what yeah what wild story all stemming from mr hands yeah holy shit there was so much more to that mr hands video than i ever thought there would be i thought it was just i don't know a couple of horse fuckers <laughs> that filmed themselves but the fact that there was this whole group that had events and mixers and videotape the one question i had tate the kind of like ringleader mm-hmm. You would say he had he was the one caught with all these videos. Yes. Did could you find anywhere was he an active participant? Yes. He so, was. So he, he wasn't just like he didn't just get off on the videos that he was collecting. No. He also was into it. He was just the server. Yeah. So he had like sex with horses, uh, as we can see from him his Tennessee record when he went. That's right. But also right. in the Mr. Hands video itself. It's Mr. Hands. Tate is the one guiding the horse. Uh-huh. And then the third person who's unknown, remained unknown is the, the person filming. And we Tate still, ain't no snitch, bro. Yeah. Damn. Tate, Tate was like, I'll take my one day of community service and $300 yeah, fine. I'll do my hard time. i clean up this road. Sheesh. Oh, is this horse shit on this road? <sighs> oh, <laughs> smells good, bro. Yeah. So it's fucking crazy. That's. There's so much more of the world. I can't believe how big the community is. Yeah, it's nuts. And now, like that farmer, they went to the farmer afterwards, and he was like, "I had no idea this was going on." Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not to believe that. Yeah, but they were really secretive about the group. Not not like ultra secretive, but who was allowed back at his residence was clearly trusted members only. Well, yeah, there was a whole interview process yeah. and a in person meetup. So. Which is like all the tips and tricks and the meetups and the interview process and all that. It's like, come on, you know this isn't right. And I'm not saying that that's like an excuse. Like, obviously, fucking weed's illegal. And it's not, you know, you're not fucking horses. All right, come in. We got him. We got him. <laughs> ah! that, I, that I know that it's illegal. <laughs> not here. Well, oh, Jersey. I don't know. But yeah, if like you have to jump through so many hoops, get it done. Maybe take a look at yourself. What's going on? What's going on in your life? That's great advice. Yeah. For everyone except people who thoroughly enjoy hula hoops. What? <laughs> you lost me there. Well, like, if they like jumping through hoops, just oh, let them. Yeah. It, everyone else, if they're jumping through hoops. I guess people hoops, do jump through hula hoops. Like, how do you get in them in the first place? 
<laughs> you jump through them. You jump through them. <laughs> That's how you get Just into the middle of it. You, no, you, if it's on it. the ground, you jump into it. I, I mean, you could step into it. Who's stepping into a hula hoop? Boring people. Fucking horse fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking wild. Why? I mean, the, the fact that they were able to escape the initial horse fucking like arrest because of the way that initial 74 law was written is wild. Cause I feel like that fucking happens all the time. Yeah. This just like archaic wording that is just abolished. And then there you go. You got a fucking loophole. Yeah. And there to this day, there are still States without bestiality laws, which is fucking wild. I think it's animal abuse. Cause there's no, they don't have the ability to consent. Right. Like that's fucked. Yeah, that's abuse. Actually, one argument that was kind of crazy in the documentary, it shows a news report at that time. Mm. And the anchor goes, how but how is the horse not consenting in this video? How would this whole thing happen if the horse didn't consent? Like the horse had to fuck him. So it's arguing that like by his action, the horse is in it. Well, that's uh, just wrong. That's fucking wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100%. I, oh, I'm on your side hey, here. Hey, I'm hey, just, I'm, hey, you. I'm reporting hey, the news. You. Hey, you. I didn't, I hey, just you. researched this. Yeah, no, that's just fucking wrong. I mean, first of all, you needed uh, dude bro Ted or Todd or, or Ted Tate, Tate to fucking guide the wiener in. That's not consent. You, had, you needed a whole other fucking person. That's just a helping hand. That's like hamburger helper right Mr. there. Mr. Hands. Yep. Hamburger helper. That's yeah. what they call the Mitt guy, right? Mr. Hands? Yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, fuck, uh, fuck those guys. That's insane. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It just takes me back to the farmer being like, coming down in the morning and being like, "What the fuck happened to my horses?" Like the one in Goshen. Like, yeah, oh, my horses are tied up. Either they're into some kinky shit, or you just don't know who the fuck your neighbors are. Just like the summer of '84, never know who your neighbors are. They could be a serial killer. They could be a horse fucker. You never know. So look out. <laughs> Hide your children, hide your horses, because everybody's getting raped. <laughs> fucking Mackie's like, I mean, yeah, I killed kids, but like, I didn't fuck a horse, so <laughs> I don't know why I deserve that much punishment. Wow. What, what a fucking wild ride I just went on, and what a surprise. I have so much joy in my heart right now. That was so much fun. I'm so happy that went well, and that there was a lot more to dig into than there's I thought. so much. There's so much. I'm going to have nightmares. Uh, I'm, like you said, I'm going to be walking around the fucking streets and going, who? Who? Is it you? Is it you? There, there's got to be code words. Where are their meetups? I'm just going to be behind people. <laughs> <laughs> He's hard. Check. He's check, hard. Check him. He's check hard. him. <laughs> no, it's the pleat of the pants. I swear. <laughs> Slaughter, we got him. We got him. him. But I'm glad. Fuck, man, he died. Yeah, thirty seconds, he and he died. fucking died. Ugh. Crazy, man. Yeah, maybe a sign that you shouldn't fuck horses, or I guess get fucked by horses. I actually. So the bad thing is, um, the community itself, when the the filmmaker was um kind of talking to them and got all this inside information, he kind of got the sense that they almost looked down at Mister Hands. Because he was this intellectual guy who, like, they thought was like because he was weak. They, they, I swear to God, that's what they thought. Like, really? That's what he argues that like they thought he was frail, and that like that's why they weren't too too taken back by him dying from this. They were like, oh, he couldn't handle B- 
big dick. Oh, which see, is fuck. I, I just not that I needed more to just hate this group, <laughs> hate this group. But fuck you, you abandoned your own. He he gave his fucking life for that video. Yeah, it's and this just seems like a common theme we're seeing. These really charismatic leaders were fucking assholes. Do what they want, and then just piss off the Tennessee and keep fucking horses. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could do a little takeover here for episode 10. I love the takeovers. I love it. It's It's fantastic. So I guess on my end, oh, you probably know all our podcast shit, and I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you those. You want me to take it? Yeah. If you can take out the, yeah, yeah, take the conclusion. I got you. I got you. If you got more stories about horse fucking that you want to send us, <laughs> you can reach out to us at weirdwidewebpod at gmail.com or just send us another story that you want us to look into, some weird internet mystery. You can follow us on Instagram on weirdwideweb.pod and you can follow us on Twitter at weirdwidewebpod in all capitals. And uh, check us out on YouTube on weirdwideweb just straight up. Not Don't type in just straight up. I just mean like you just type in Weird Wide Web straight up, but no, don't type no. in, type in, type in Weird Wide Web. Just if you go to YouTube. Look in, up Mr. Hand's reaction Mr. videos <laughs> and you'll see a comment from Weird Wide Web on all of them. On all of them. And you can click on the link from there. Yeah. But check us out. Follow us. Um, leave us a review or rating. It's really really helps us out honestly to get out to more people and it's super fast but only if you enjoyed it so thank you so much for joining us and thank you Niall for taking me on this takeover thank you Yale for switching shoes with me and it's fun to sit on the other stool and not on horse